can help me out. Y'all have heard that one before or something. The, uh, as a matter of fact, special music for this morning called me uh, early this morning to let me know they were both sick and wouldn't be here. So when Tim asked if we had special music, I was delighted that he brought it up. Amen. That's right. Take your Bible, if you will, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. You're able to stand for the reading of God's Word out of respect for the Word of God. If you cannot stand, we'll understand that you're standing on the inside, sitting down on the outside. Okay. You follow along as I read aloud. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, that it was good, and God delighted the light from darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. God made the firmament and divided the firmament, excuse me, divided the water which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. Let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb bearing the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind and god saw that it was good and the evening and the morning were the third day and god said let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night Let them be for signs, for seasons, for years, excuse me, for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. 
and to rule over the day and over the night, to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind. God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. The evening and the morning were the sixth day, excuse me, were the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and the beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. God made the beast of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Dear Lord, take your word this morning and drive it deep into our hearts. Give our minds clear understanding. Cause your Holy Spirit to illuminate the word of God in order that we might better understand who you are and who we are. We pray that you'd bless this service. Bless your word to our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. For those of you who have been Christians for years and years, It's okay for you to say amen when I say something you agree with. For those of you who are younger, it's okay for y'all to say yeah. (coughs) Even in the middle of a prayer, if it's appropriate. (laughs) uh, I'll appreciate that too. Our world is in a mess. Don't know if y'all noticed or not. Just thought I'd tell you. Our government is in a mess. Our homes, many of them, are in a mess. And even our churches are in a mess. The Shema, you know what Shema is? 
Shema is Deuteronomy chapter 6, I think. Or maybe it's chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. The Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one. And the Jews were instructed to say that every morning when they got up and every evening when they went to bed. And say it every time they sat down at the table. And as they walked through the day, repeat that. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Now, the word God there is Elohim, which means plural gods. So how could plural gods be one? Well, that's the doctrine of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One in nature, separate in personality. One in nature, separate in areas of responsibility. The Holy Spirit was sent to this earth after on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Christ's resurrection, in order that he might teach us the word of God, that he might guide us into truth, in order that he might indwell each of us who receive Jesus Christ as personal Savior. The responsibility of Jesus Christ was to come and live as a human being, taking on human form, and to live a sinless life. And in doing so, to fulfill all of the law. And then to go to the cross of Calvary, fulfilling the law for us, dying in our place, taking our sin in his own body, that we might then have access to salvation, to forgiveness of sin, to the righteousness of God. The responsibility of God the Father is to oversee the whole thing. To govern, to rule, and to reign. In the beginning, God, again, that word Elohim, the three in one. In the beginning, notice it does not say at the beginning, it says in the beginning. Why did it say at the beginning? Because that would indicate that God had a beginning. In the beginning, God already was, He's eternal. He always has been, always will be. You say, Brother Casey, how can you explain that? I can't explain that. It's not my responsibility to explain that. It's my responsibility to believe it because God said it. Interesting thing about biblical evidence is, while people always and often come up with new ideas about contradictions in Scripture, reasons the Bible can't be true, Reasons why this didn't happen and that didn't happen. Explanations that, uh, if you look at them carefully, are really far-fetched. It's because they don't believe the Bible. The evidence is not there to support their, their positions. There's no evidence to support evolution. It's simply the only other choice. Either you believe the Bible or you believe evolution. And the first 11 chapters of Genesis are critical, critical to a proper understanding of God and his plan and purpose for the world, his plan and purpose for mankind. Over the next several weeks, we are going to deal with the first 11 chapters of Genesis. 
Don't know where we'll go from that. All I know is what the Holy Spirit showed me so far. In the beginning, God created. Ex nihilo. Say, whoa, that's a big word. Yeah, it is. Pretty nice, huh? It's my, my big foreign word for the week. Ex nihilo. It means, ex means out of, okay? Nilo, nihilo means nothing. nothing. The absence of anything. And so in the beginning, God created out of nothing the heaven and the earth. Now, what is the heaven? Not talking about the place where God dwells. It's talking about the atmosphere and the surrounding area around the earth. Okay? We would call it the universe. The universe. Created the universe. And the earth was without form and void. Water covered the entire surface. It was a wasteland. Nothing here. He created it, and there it was. And some folks say, well, yeah, and it was that way for thousands of years. Well, actually, no, it wasn't that way for thousands of years. It was that way for part of one day. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Dr. David Otway Ray, Sir Dr. David Otway Ray, or Dr. Sir David Otway Ray, I don't remember how you get all the titles. Ph.D., 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 and Ph.D., and Ph.D. He has six Ph.D.s in six different areas of study. His main focus is in uh, uh, algebra, quantum algebra. I sat down this week and read a paper published uh, on the Internet about the mathematical formula for logic in literature. See? Does that surprise anybody besides me? I knew there was some logic in literature, but I didn't know there was a mathematical formula for it. I mean, wow. You say, well, Brother Casey, can you tell us about it? Are you kidding? I didn't even understand it. All I did was read it. But anyhow, he has that kind of a mind. He's the guy who, uh, who did the formula, the mathematical formula, eight pages long with 90 pages of notes or 80-some pages of notes. Uh, to uh, to show the age of the universe and uh, <clears throat> gave it to several others, Albert Einstein included, I found out this week, and Albert Einstein agreed with his mathematics. Didn't agree with his conclusion, but agreed with his mathematics. And so there's nothing wrong with the math. His conclusion was that the earth's only about six to 10,000 years old. That's what the mathematical formula shows. He developed the formula before he knew anything about the Bible, before he knew anything about Christ. It's just fascinating. Robert Einstein, when he was finished, said, okay, I'm convinced. Your mathematics is correct. Well, Dr. David Outway Ray uh, was telling about the uh, experiments of a mathematician and physicist in Oxford University. The, phys- the physicists discovered that when you speak to water, 
the water molecules begin to vibrate. They begin to move. And they put off light, energy, light. And, and Dr. Ray said, I asked him, is this based on Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 and 3? And he said, the guy just smiled, didn't answer his question, just smiled at him. Like, I'm not willing to put my face on that because I'll be laughed out of the scientific community. But he just certainly didn't deny it. What happened in Genesis chapter 2 and excuse me, verse 2 and verse 3? The earth was without form, was void, was a wasteland. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. When God speaks, the light begins to, water molecules begin to tremble, and there is light. Incredible. God saw the light, that it was good, and God delighted, divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Okay? Evening and morning. First day. So in God's timetable, in God's clock, when does the day begin? At sundown. When does it end? At sunset. Starts at sunset, ends at sunset. That's the day. 24 hours. So sundown to sundown. We don't do it that way. You're right. We start at midnight. Why is that? Well, because the devil wanted to change it. Why did he want to change it? Because he didn't want us to see the picture that God had planned for us as a result of his creation. See, in God's autonomy, knowing that we were going to be sinners, knowing that Adam and Eve would sin and then all of their children would be born sinful after that, wanted us to be able to grasp the fact that we start off life in darkness. But the day comes when the Holy Spirit will share with us the truth of the gospel. And we'll be brought into the light. And then we will live in the light until when? Until we die. No, our world likes to do it differently. You start out in the dark. You may come into the light. But then you're going to go back in the dark. But that's not what the scripture says. Scripture says you start out in the dark and you come to the light and you stay in the light the rest of your life. Now that was the illustration here in the first day. The evening and the morning were the first day. Now, in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, C.I. Schofield, a lawyer in St. Louis, who became a Christian and wrote a Bible with a whole bunch of notes in it called the Schofield Reference Bible, he believed that... In order to have the Bible fit with the theory of evolution, these days had to be geologic ages. And so they said that, uh, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So each of these days was 1,000 years long. There's a problem with that. The morning, excuse me, the evening and the morning are the first day. It doesn't take 600 years for it to get light and then stay light for another 
600 years or 1,800 years, whatever, okay? That just that doesn't work. These days are not geologic ages. These days are not thousand-year periods. You say, Brother Jesse, how do you know that? Well, because the Bible says so. But as we read a while ago, you may have noticed that one day he creates plant life and the next day creates sun, moon, and stars. Okay? How did the plants stay alive without photosynthesis for a thousand years? That's not going to work. Because nobody calls mushrooms herbs and fruit trees. And that's what the Bible says he created. Grains. So the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. At this point, earth's completely covered with water. And let it divide the waters from the waters. Now, the firmament is atmosphere. Okay, helium, oxygen, nitrogen, oh, I guess nitrogen, about 80% nitrogen, 18% oxygen, and then some helium and other trace elements. But uh, anyhow, he put, in, he put the atmosphere in, divided the waters. So there's water in the Atlantic Ocean and water in the Pacific Ocean and atmosphere between? No, uh-uh. no, there's water on the earth and there's water above the earth. Vapor canopy, okay? Hydrologists, especially Dr. Henry Morris, have determined that this water, this layer of water vapor must have been five and six, five or six feet thick. Frozen water. Ice canopy all the way around the earth. Well, what would, that ha- what, what would happen if that was true? Well, the sunlight would be able to filter through the ice, warm the earth, and then not escape. And so the, the atmosphere on the earth would be about 70 to 75 degrees. Everywhere. Tropical climate. Which would explain why in the bellies of mammoths in Siberia they have discovered plant life, tropical plant life. Freshly eaten. And then... Rapidly frozen. Over and over we see the word of God confirmed. Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the water from the waters from the waters. And the Lord made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament, firmament heaven. As we continue studying Scripture, we discover there are three heavens described. There's the atmosphere from here to what used to be the vapor canopy, from here to outer space. And then there is space, which is called the second heaven. And then the dwelling place of God, which is called the third heaven. So three heavens described in Scripture. This is heaven number one. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Now he puts the water in the Pacific Ocean in the Atlantic Ocean. The Arctic Ocean and the Indian Ocean. Now he separates the water and causes the dry land to appear. God called the land earth and the gathering together of the waters called he sees. And God saw that it was good. 
And God said, let this land, this earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Every time God says something, it is so. See, why do you say that, Brother Casey? Because that's not how we respond to God in our day and time. So what do you mean? I mean, God says, thou shalt not commit murder, even if it's an unborn baby. Because God said it doesn't make it so, does it? No. Close to 55 million babies slaughtered in the last 40 years. Wow. 55 million. That's beyond comprehension. My mind can't get around those bigger figures. That many little bitty dead babies. God says, Thou shalt not steal. Does that make it so? No. But it ought to, shouldn't it? Amen. In Malachi, he says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. And the Israelites responded, How have we robbed you? He said, In tithes and offerings. Whoa. 10% of everything you make belongs to God. You say, well, that was for the Jews. No, the tithe was before the Jews. Way before the Jews. Way before the law. God says, I'm, I'm, I own everything and I want 10% return. I'll loan it to you. You give me 10% back. But we don't do that. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree bearing fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the, fruit, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day, evening and morning. So here's grass, here's herbs, here's fruit trees. You keep them in the dark and what happens? They die. So the earth can't live, uh, can't, the, so the grass can't live a thousand years until God decides to do another day. But we read in verse 14, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. The next, verse, next few verses describe that he made two great lights, one to rule the day, one to rule the night. We call the day, one in the day sun. The one at night we call moon. One is, <clears throat> generates its own light. The other is reflected light. Okay? An illustration that Christ, Christ is the light. But then he says to us, but ye are the light of the world. How is that? I don't have light in myself. No, it's to be reflected light. I'm to, to, to let the light of Christ shine through me, reflect off of me so that people are drawn to Christ by my life and by your life if you know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. But God says, let there be light, and there was light. It wasn't until the fourth day 
Look at verse 14 again. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens. Divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs. Okay? What's that mean? Well, the word signs there means let them be for announcements and seasons. The word season here is the Hebrew word moed, which means divine appointments. Divine appointments. Is that significant? Yeah, last Thursday, I went to the dentist, got there at 11 o'clock. Why? Because I had an appointment. Okay? It was my dentist season. Okay? You say, what'd they do? Well, they cleaned my teeth, or it said they did. Scraped on them. Do you remember taught, being taught as a little child, don't put your objects into your mouth? You go to the dentist, that's the first thing they do. It's like they weren't paying attention when they were little or something. And I was crazy enough to lay there and let them do it. And then Dennis, Dennis came in. He looked around a little. Okay. We talked for a while. And then he charged me over 100 bucks, and I left. Okay. I would have stayed longer, but I was afraid I couldn't afford it. Man. But I had an appointment. The lights in the firmament of heaven are for announcements and for appointments and for days. Do you know what that is? Evening and morning. And for years. The word year there means a revolution. Okay? Not where you rebel, but a revolution where you go around. Okay? So years. The length of time it takes the earth to circle the sun. Those, those, that's the purpose of the lights uh, in the heavens. We'll get into that later when we begin discussing the feast. All my life I've called them the feast of Israel. Everything I've ever seen written on it calls them the feast of Israel. You know what the scripture calls them? Feast of the Lord. The feast of the Lord. And the word feast there is this very same word for seasons. Moed. Divine appointments. Divine appointments. And another word used also for the word feast there or festival is, is, the, Greek, is the Hebrew word that means dress rehearsals. Dress rehearsals. So, April 15th is Passover. And the Jews are going to celebrate Passover. And they are going to have a dress rehearsal. A dress rehearsal for what? Well, for the sacrifice of the Lamb. We know that occurred 2,000 years ago. They hadn't figured it out yet. But we do the same thing. See, what do you mean? Jesus said, when you partake of the Lord's Supper, you just show the Lord's death till He comes. Passover shows the Lord's death till He comes. They just don't know He already came. They do know He's coming. They don't know He's coming back. But they will know. Let me move quickly onward. 
the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 20. God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. Fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So the fifth day he created birds and fish. Birds and fish. Okay? See, what about the Loch Ness Monster? Yeah, probably that fifth day. His ancestors, perhaps. You say, do you really believe there is a Loch Ness Monster? I don't have any idea. I certainly believe there was one at one time. He may be dead by now. I mean, how do you get any rest with people running around looking for you all the time? You know? This past week I saw a program, part of a program on television about mermaids. Woohoo! With the with the pictures. You say, Brother Casey, do you believe they're mermaids? I don't have any idea. See? I know God's done a lot of things that we hadn't figured out yet. Say, okay, what else? Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Now, we know they're Sasquatch. See, how do you know? Because Jack Link caught a bunch of them and made them into sausage. You can find Jack Link's Sasquatch sausage at Walmart. They couldn't put that on there if it was some other kind of meat, could they? Just kidding. Do I believe in Bigfoot? I don't know. I know God does a lot of things we hadn't figured out yet. Okay? I'm not responsible for those things. I'm responsible for the things that I can figure out. For the things that he put in his word. He created fish and Birds. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. Cattle and creeping thing, beast of the earth after his kind. It was so. And God saw that it was good. Notice the end of verse 25. And everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. Okay? And then verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. If God's not a triune God, why do you use the word our? Our image, our likeness. So how am I in the made in the image of God? I have a body. You can see me, just like Jesus had a body. Okay? I also have a spirit, which you cannot see. And I have a personality or a soul that's demonstrated. That's how you get to know me. Through my personality, through my soul. Okay? I was created with body, soul, and spirit. So were you. Except my spirit died in Adam. And I didn't get a new spirit until Jesus came into my heart and life and saved me. And his spirit moved in. Now I'm body, soul, and spirit again. Okay? And that's true for male and female, verse 27. God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Let me ask you a question. 
Did Satan move upon the earth? Absolutely. He moved upon the earth. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Probably had two legs to stand on. And God, in his wisdom, gave Adam dominion over Satan. But Satan was more subtle than Adam. And we find in the next chapter that Satan came to Eve and said, Hey, hath God said, and he questioned the word of God. Raised questions in their minds about the word of God. You say, Brother Casey, have you never had questions raised in your mind about the Word of God? Absolutely. It's what causes me to study and to to search and to find evidence. Which has confirmed my belief in the truth of the Word of God. This book is absolutely true. Certainly it raises questions. But the result of those questions is I now believe more than ever. That God is who He says He is. That Jesus is His only begotten Son. And the Holy Spirit lives in me to guide me and to teach me just like He will do for each of you if you'll accept Jesus as your Savior. Adam had dominion over Satan. And he sold his birthright. Well, we see that picture in the Old Testament. Jacob and Esau. Adam had the title deed to the world. He had dominion over the angels that were on the planet. And he gave it up when he chose to eat the fruit that God said don't eat. See, what kind of fruit was it? An apple? The Bible doesn't say. A lot of the Jews, the old Jewish rabbis say, said it was a pomegranate. I don't know. An orange? Maybe. I know it wasn't a pineapple. And it wasn't a blackberry. You say, how do you know that? Because it grew on a tree. Pineapple grow up from the ground. Well, no, it wasn't that. Blackberry grow on a bush. Wasn't that. Something that grows on a tree. Does it matter what it was? No. What matters is that it was good to look at, looked good, was probably very tasty, but God said, don't eat it. I'm convinced it wasn't the only kind of fruit. That tree was not the the only tree in the garden that had that kind of fruit on it. If it was an apple or a peach or an almond or a pomegranate, whatever it was, there were other trees like it in the garden. God just said, don't eat off the fruit of that tree. So they weren't being deprived, which is what Satan always tells us. Well, God just didn't want you to do that because he didn't want you to have any fun. Oh, my goodness. No, God's trying to protect you and allow you to have great fun. It's way more fun living a life of righteousness than it is living a life of guilt and shame. You old people, y'all agree? Yeah, that's what I thought. You certainly ought to. Once you've been there, I mean, wow. 
So, young people, I want you to know that God's way is always right. And if God says it, it ought to be so in your life. Fathers, are you listening? It is your responsibility to teach your children the Word of God. Last Sunday, we didn't have church, and somebody mentioned it to me, and I said, really, what did you preach to your kids? What? Yeah, you're the high priest in your family. It's your responsibility. When we don't have services here, you can't be here. It's your responsibility to preach to your kids. Brother Casey, what did you do? I don't have kids. Didn't have any at home last weekend, at least. So what did I do? Well, I went to church, watched two incredible DVDs of church services. Very educational. Stirred me to the depths of my heart. Made me wish I was smarter cut up so I could understand all the stuff they were talking about. Listen. We have responsibility. The sixth day he created animals on the earth. And he created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them, male and female. You know, that's why, one reason why murder is wrong. It's one reason why abortion is wrong. Anything that results in the death of an innocent human being. Now, God allows war for self-defense and for the defense of righteousness. He allows capital punishment for the same reason. But for us to use anything else, use it for anything else is just wrong. Because we're made in the image of God. You think God doesn't want to protect his image? Of course he does. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Then raised him from the dead three days later. So that we could be saved. So that you could be saved. What's necessary for salvation? Number one, acknowledge that you're a sinner. Okay? This ABCs of salvation. Number one, acknowledge that you're a sinner. Number two, believe the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And number three, confess that you're a sinner and ask Jesus Christ to save you. Acknowledge, believe, and confess. And if you do that, then the Holy Spirit will move in and you'll be in the image of God again. You'll have the promise of an eternal life and eternal home in heaven. Wow. We're going to be on this for the next several weeks, as I said, on Sunday mornings. Sunday evenings, we'll continue to deal with 1 John chapter 5 until we finish it, and then we'll move on to something else. But let me encourage you to be faithful to God's house. Because I'm thinking Jesus might be coming back this year. Seriously. You know, it's not just that I'm looking for him at any time, I'm looking for him this year. number of different reasons but I won't go into now let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed Brother Greg's going to come lead us in a verse of invitation song
The invitation is real simple. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never been saved, I invite you to come this morning. Let us take the Word of God and show you how you can be saved. I don't care if everybody else thinks you're already saved. The only thing that matters is whether or not God thinks you're saved. Whether or not you know you're saved. And so I invite you to come this morning. If you're already saved, you've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism, then you need to come. Be obedient to Christ. That first step of obedience. You come and we'll make arrangements for you to be baptized. The Holy Spirit's dealt with your heart about a sin problem that you need to confess. You don't have to come confess it to me, but you do need to come this altar and confess it to God. And finally, if you think that this is the place that God has for you, place your membership. You to join together with other believers, then I invite you to come. Father, my prayer this morning, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is that folks would simply be obedient to your Holy Spirit and respond to his calling. You work. We'll pray. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.